Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Whoa, you are furiously writing there. Ooh, it's like a dissertation. Is it dissertation or dissertation? I have no idea. Showing my lack of education. <laughs> Speaking of dissertations. You know, I just never know what it is going to be with you. What, what is your dissertation or dissertation? Dissert, doesn't sound right. Dissertation. Yeah, look, it's about broccoli. This is amazing. Broccoli? Yeah, this is the breakdown on broccoli. Okay. Everybody says it's healthy. But check this out. This is a quote from the internet. Oh, yes. The greatest source of all truthful information. Yes, exactly. Twice verified and stamped with the seal of, I don't know, God's approval. Right. Yes. Okay. In general, (laughs) broccoli is safe to eat and side effects are not serious. (laughs) I'm seeing one of the Surgeon General's warning labels on broccoli now. After you hear this, it probably should have a Surgeon's General warning on it. Okay. Yeah, a little piece of paper or writing. Yeah. Yeah, a little warning. Okay, well, tell me what's the bad news. Uh, All right. So look at these chemicals that broccoli contains. Okay. Goitrogens. Yeah. These block the function of the thyroid gland by blocking iodine uptake. Okay. Well, we know that a lot of the brassica family has that. Yeah, yeah. And the one that it has most of is called thiocyanates. Whoa. Does that just sound awful? Kind of. It is. It causes hypothyroidism. Okay. Which will make you die. Well, that sounds a little alarmist. You're going to die. If, if you get I hypothyroidism, broccoli, I guarantee you will die. People eat broccoli to not die. Don't you get my joke? If you have hypothyroidism, you will die. Guaranteed. You're going to die no matter what. Right. <laughs> Did you not get that I'm just ignoring you? Hey, you're ignoring me? <laughs> Do you have any more to say on this subject? Formaldehyde. Contains formaldehyde, which causes cancer. Okay. And it's filled with naturally occurring pesticides, most of which have been shown to cause cancer in laboratory animals. Okay. And even if you're getting organic, did you know that organic growers can use pesticides? They just have to be non-synthetically derived, and that some of them are more dangerous than synthetic pesticides and cause cancer, again, in laboratory animals. This is not very fun. I feel stressed out suddenly, and I didn't even sign up for this. You can go online, and you can find this out about broccoli. And this is really important, especially that it's stressing you out. Okay. Yeah. I'm not even eating broccoli. Don't you want some broccoli for dinner? I had broccoli for breakfast. What? Stomach pump. Stomach pump. What is the point of all of this, (laughs) my dear true love? The point is that broccoli is, of course, a super healthy food. It is? Yeah. Okay. It does contain all those chemicals. Okay. And you can go online and find research showing that those chemicals, for instance, formaldehyde, does have a very negative impact on health. Okay. And you can find writers, bloggers, health people who have jumped onto whatever aspect of the negativity of broccoli that you care to dig up and have exploited it really kind of enhanced it, colored it, so that it really makes it sound like broccoli is public enemy number one. Can't that be done with 
pretty much any food or anything actually but in this case any food it can <sighs> that is the thing you can go online as you have already hinted at mm -hmm. and you can find any information you want and you can find support for the horrible health what's the negativities horrible health detractibilities <laughs> the horrible healthness opposite of benefits Yes. <laughs> Unbenefits. <laughs> Disbenefits. <laughs> like dissertation? Yes. <laughs> of any food you want, or often, the incredible health benefits of yeah. any food you want. Maybe I shouldn't say often. Probably if we look up on the Hostess uh, cupcake, what Hostess do you call Hostess doesn't it? exist anymore. Doesn't? I thought the Twinkies went down. Mm, I think they're still out there somehow. <laughs> like the dark force. I saw them for sale the other day. I don't know if it's Hostess anymore. Right. Some other company took them over. But regardless, probably it's going to say these are a wholesome snack for the whole family. Right. It contains all your daily allowance of grains. Yeah. It's enriched. Oh. It's enriched. I'm sorry. That just vitamins does and not minerals. sound good to me. <laughs> but actually, I do know what you're saying. And I might talk about this a little later on in this episode, but... For a number of years, I went through a health issue that nobody could seem to figure out. Saw lots oh, of specialists, yeah. and nobody really knew what was going on, and everything I tried didn't help. And I just turned to diet because uh, whatever the father of medicine, what does he say? Was that Hi hippocampus? hippocampus? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hippoflatus. Okay, that is enough. You, oh, please, you are in rare form today. <laughs> anyway, you know, food is medicine, that sort of thing. And a lot of people have completely transformed their entire lives just by shifting their diet. And boy, it was a morass of this is bad for you, that's bad for you. Soak this first, then dehydrate it, then powder it, then dry it in the sun. I mean, not that bad, but sometimes. Yeah, for real. And I felt paralyzed, but obviously... I have to eat something, we all have to eat something, and there are healthy ways to eat. But I guess I think of that story about Kung Fu grade 8. What, how did that go? You remember that? Guy that drank, what was it? That was some Kerosene book about or? some guy in China, right? It was a really kind of funny book. It's I figured China you would China. remember. Yeah. And uh, it's the title and the author, I'm afraid, are <laughs> slipping away from me. But we remember the story well, that one of the people that he met was a some kind of Shaolin-ish monk. Right, some kind of master. Maybe he was a ninja. Jedi, Jedi Zen master. Yeah. And one night he said, ah, I have Kung Fu grade eight. Because the guy saw him bringing out something to drink. And he went and smelled it and said, that's kerosene. Hmm. He said, yes, that's kerosene. You're not going to drink that. Oh, yes, I have Kung Fu grade eight. What does grade eight mean? Uh, we're assuming that's a high ranking of some oh. kind. <laughs> and so he could drink the kerosene, no problem. So he could drink the kerosene, intake a poison to no apparent ill effect. And regardless of the veracity of that story, mm -hmm. it always reminds us that it may be less, oh, can I even say this? It may be less about what we eat and more about our attitude or our feelings or the atmosphere with which we surround the food experience. So it is not what you eat necessarily, but how you eat it. I mean, obviously, we're not saying go eat Hostess cupcakes here because 
where is any nutrient value in that whatsoever. To be clear, I do want to say that we are promoting a whole foods diet. If you've got some food that's coming packaged and pre-made in a factory, that is probably not something that you want to eat on a regular basis. Whole foods, as much as we can, those are more or less available to everybody on the planet. Mm. But as much as possible, that's what we're encouraging. However... Right. This isn't about what diet you should follow. No. This is about having a positive relationship with food and believing in the strength and the power of your body. Yes. Not only to heal itself, because I have experienced incredible healing through food and heard other people's incredible stories, but our bodies are able to know stuff that the internet's not going to tell us. <laughs> the wisdom of our body. We did a video on this a while back, the real primal diet, and this idea that we have something called a nourish sense inside of us where we can feel if a food is going to be good or bad for us. It's easy for this sense to be overwhelmed by the addictive and very temptative nature. I'm making up lots of words Ooh, temptative. today. temptative. Yes, of many of the foods that are offered, especially by our industrial food system. Yes, all engineered, of course, to be addictive so that we can be consumers and buy, buy, buy. Yes. <laughs> However, if we can start to tune into that wisdom of our body, then, well, here, an example. Let's say you're going to sit down to broccoli tonight, and you start thinking about how broccoli is filled with goitrogens, especially thiocyanates, and formaldehyde, and pesticides. As you noted earlier, you're going to get stressed out, right? Yeah. And what's that going to do to how that food is processed well, in your body. Yeah, we talked about this in a podcast episode in our last season about how if we are stressed out when we're eating, we're really not even absorbing any nutrition. So being stressed about the food we're eating is not so great. Being relaxed and having a positive attitude while we eat allows our body to actually extract more nutrition from the food. And we all know that stress long, chronic, icky stress is not good for us. So when I'm adding stress about eating something like broccoli, wow, I've just turned what could be a nutritious food experience into something that is genuinely unhealthy for me. Well, I've always said, maybe I've even said it on our podcast or maybe it was a video, that the best diet we could possibly have, quote, type of diet to follow, is one where when we sit down to our beautiful plate of maybe it's local, maybe it's homegrown, maybe it's foraged, whatever it is, beautiful plate, maybe lots of different colors. You know, they say, eat the rainbow. You've got this beautiful plate of food that you're so excited to eat. Maybe you've prepared it with lots of friends and it just feels good that somebody could read to you, oh, here's what you're having on your plate and here are all the awesome things. This relieves stress, this boosts your immune system, this has <laughs> vitamin C and A, and this has this, and this does that. How would you feel if someone told you that as you were eating the food? I feel like I would be a superwoman. And we started to do that as a family. Often we'll take one item from the food that we're going to eat and just quick go on the internet before dinner 
and look up the some, source of all truth yes and look up some positive benefits of that food and even note if those positive benefits are not real we're getting a positive effect because we are feeling good about that food or feeling relaxed about eating it nutrition is going to be coming into us in a different way we're not adding stress and you spoke to that time when you were really researching a whole bunch of foods and finding out well a lot of the information for instance about broccoli came from sources that sometimes overanalyze a food look at its complete chemical breakdown don't consider the dose of different chemicals in there yeah. or synergistic reactions between different chemicals inside of that food and will tell us that, wow, this food has such and such an anti-nutrient and you just absolutely should not eat it. Yeah, well, and that, I think, completely sidelines the fact that our bodies know what we need and it isn't always the same thing. You can't have just a set diet. You have to have a relationship with your body and that means paying attention. And it isn't as though our family doesn't have s'mores over a campfire once in a while, although I do buy organic Anyway, uh, <laughs> makes me feel better. But it, it isn't that you can't sit down and enjoy a bowl of ice cream with friends. That isn't what we're saying because that's important too. It's just that our culture tends to say, here's the diet that's for you. And then you try to stick to it. But really, the diet is an everyday ebb and flow. And it's really, we're just trained out of listening to our bodies. So half of this is noticing Hmm. And of course, again, we can get hyper vigilant. So, oh, well, was that what I ate? Or did I just, you know, happen to accidentally be gassy or what, you know, does everything come down to food? Not necessarily. If you have a headache, it could be because, hey, there's a whole bunch of smoke in the air and there's poor air quality right now. So that's a great point about, quote, junk food. If you eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's with your family, it's going to be a very different experience. Again, if you enjoy it and savor it and laugh and tell stories while you're eating it or just close your eyes and savor the creaminess of it, then if you eat it and you are feeling guilty and shameful that you're eating this horrible food. Or if you're watching television and you don't even notice that you've scraped the bottom of the carton and it's kind of like driving sometimes or other things that go on autopilot. Yeah. Suddenly you've consumed a pint of ice cream without even really enjoying it. Yeah, there's definitely an element of mindless eating that seeps into this as we look at you know, positive diet overall. It's so easy, especially with those hyper-addictive foods that never really satiate us, to just keep shoveling it down without even noticing that we're eating. And very different from mindful eating. And again, even if I'm eating a not so quote healthy food, it is going to be really different in my body if I eat it mindfully. And I also might find that I eat a lot less. Well, yeah, because you can pay attention to that full feeling. There's that harahachi boo. Oh, yeah. That eat to eight parts full that comes from our, is that Japan or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Japanese concept that. You do not want to eat until you're totally stuffed. You want to eat until you feel relatively full because 
it takes a while for the messages to get from our stomach to our brain that, hey, I have had enough food. And I have to tell you, I would way rather have the sensation of being hungry than being overstuffed. Oh, that is uh, something I would agree with completely. And it sounds funny because we spend so much time trying to not be hungry, but that hunger sensation is, for me at least, so qualitatively nicer than that overstuffed sensation. Boy, give me a little hunger. Of course, most of us don't get to experience hunger these days unless no. we are on the bottom of the social economic ladder or we are in a country where that food is not readily accessible or we're being a monk or doing intentional fasts or other things. But if you're in a country where there's relative food abundance and you have a fair amount of money, then you're not probably ever going to experience being hungry. Which is interesting because you can still experience the mindset of food scarcity. Oh, yeah. If you grow up in a family with, okay, I'm going to kind of be prejudiced here and say you have five older brothers, <laughs> you have to grab your food quick because everybody just gets set down. If you're not served a plate and every household is different. Some places, everybody makes sure everybody has enough. Others, it's just throw the food on the table. You guys get it. And if you are younger or you're not fast enough, food is gone. Poof. Or you've got your own food. You put it in the fridge. You didn't label it. Next day, it's gone. That can lead you to a sense of needing to eat really fast, need to protect your food, need to fill your plate. And it can also, I mean, I didn't grow up in that kind of household, but I sometimes have the mindset of food scarcity as in, but these are the only cherry tomatoes I have right now. Mm. I want them for my family. I don't want to share them with others, which is silly because one of the things that we know from looking at people who have long lives is that sharing food in community, and we, I mean, we know this all over the place <laughs> from hundreds of years of living together as people, sharing food is one of those things that gives us a sense of well-being and truly nourishes us. Ah, so true. So here we have this episode about having a positive diet, but we're really not talking about telling people what to eat. We're talking about how to eat. Right, yeah. Well, and I think mindfulness is really important. But you can go beyond that to when you were saying overanalyzation. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I fell into for a while. And I understand if you are trying to challenge cancer, if you have a health issue that nobody understands and you turn to food and you start noticing, hey, this is maybe working, you can get super hyper vigilant, but it can go down the wrong road and it becomes not mindfulness so much as fear. Um, there's a term for it called orthorexia. There's still debate about whether or not it's a real thing, but obviously we can have a preoccupation with food and eating habits, especially healthy ones, that can make us almost paranoid. And of course, that's really stressful. And so a lot of these things are extreme dietary restrictions or researching food and then just being hyper-specific about what you can eat, when you can eat it, which foods are bad and which foods are good, and even having shame, oh my gosh, Oh my, yesterday I ate an almond and I didn't soak it first and I didn't, and, and it becomes paralyzing in that. And I've been there. 
I, I brought my own food to events. And there were times when I said, I can't go there because I won't be able to eat anything because I wasn't eating dairy and I wasn't eating nuts and I wasn't eating grains and I wasn't eating eggs. And I, I mean, I was restricting myself to so many things because I was terrified that I was going to eat the wrong thing. And then that was why I had my symptoms. But I'll tell you, I started to notice my health go down even further. And I was just a mess. Thankfully, I had Kenton. <laughs> I, can I just break in? And... Yeah say thank you for sharing about this because this is a pretty powerful and personal thing and you know again whether we're going to consider it real or accepted at this point is is to the side because this is definitely something that a lot of people face and in a world of hyper information mm. as we will find on the internet where literally we can go and find that broccoli will kill you that how how easy it is i think to get sucked into that mm. that morass i believe you called it where you just get tangled up trying to figure out what is the exact diet the exact foods that will make you healthy but yeah. all that stress that you're experiencing. Oh, it's, it's overwhelming. And I think the problem is there are people out there, I'm one of them, that I really struggle with limiting myself. And so I said, the only way I can do this is to be all or nothing. I either eat a food 100% of the way or it's completely out. And that was how I could have enough willpower to just, so if I knew it was always no, that was easier. But as I started eliminating food and that food was always no, I, I struggled. I started it. Eventually you helped me to see, I'm not really getting any nutrition. What am I eating? I mean, sure. Yes. A lot of vegetables and other whole foods, but at the same time, whole food groups were just being cast out. And that's, that's where it's just too much. And I think what you want is someone outside of you to, to give you an answer and say, Hey, I know what you what you have going on, and these are the foods you should eat, and then you'll feel better. Uh, then your cancer will be cured, or then then your hypothyroidism will be will be managed. But really, it came down to I needed to look at what I was doing and what made me feel good, and a lot of that was actually mental. What makes me feel good is thinking I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> so I really needed help to say, okay, it is okay for me to have some scrambled eggs with cheese and vegetables in them. And, you know, just these basic things that, oh, I was really paralyzed. So I just want to draw attention to the fact that in eating healthy, you can go completely to the other side where actually it isn't healthy anymore. And so it's stopping to take a look and assess, how do I feel? Am I sleeping well? Am I happy? Do I feel a lot of guilt? Do I like the way my body works in the world? Not necessarily how does it look because that's our an American standard American culture, but how do I feel in mm. it? And just there's so many things that we have to assess and that's personal. Now, it's kind of inspiring to me how you broke out of this. I know you have been wrestling with this for a while and then you read about orthorexia and kind of recognized yourself in a lot of the descriptions. But then what did you do? How do you get out of something that's so 
paralyzing. Oh gosh. Well, I certainly didn't mean for the episode to go on tangentially for so long. I just wanted to point it out. But I really feel like you helped me tremendously because you are a healthy eater and you can have something that isn't quote healthy for you. You can eat a handful of nuts and they haven't been soaked and they haven't had this and they haven't had that. And you take the power into you. And I just, you helped reflect to me that I had given my power away. And so I think having you as a network, and then I said to myself, I am not feeling my best and I am actually not getting as much nutrition as I should be. And so I started to look at, can I just eat a food that I'm quote scared to eat and Mm. actually read about the positive side. So that's where that positive quote, positive diet came in. What are the healthy things about this food? Not how is it going to kill me? Because of course broccoli can kill you. What are the good things I'm going to get from this? And so then I would eat that and I would try to smile and really enjoy it because a lot of the foods I loved, which were just good foods, take broccoli, I was cutting out. And when I did that, I could feel more how my body felt. And then there were some things I could eat and I could say, "Mm, yeah, I don't think that rested well with me. I'm going to set it aside for a little bit. I'm going to try it again. And that's why I think it's so personal and such a daily thing to check in with yourself. Mm. So I would say positive support. It really helped me to have a name. I have to say, I know categorizing things isn't the greatest, but wow, here's the thing that people are experiencing. Because I just thought I was crazy and didn't know what I was doing. Now, the other day, if I may share a story. Yeah. You shared the s'mores, but this is way more intense. We were invited by an Amish friend of ours. (laughs) to this huge Amish community dinner. And we decided to go. We were among the probably 8% of, if that. quote, English yes. <laughs> people, non-Amish. That was a neat feeling. It was neat. And we were warmly greeted and directed down the food line, which consisted of, first of all, the... You served the ice cream first. The Kemp's totally no, no, conventional Schwann's, I think. Schwann's anyway, yeah. yeah. Ice cream first. Regular chemical filled ice cream. And then all the donuts and cookies and things they had baked. Then the Oscar Mayer, if you're not in the United States, that's the cheapo meat. like Hot dogs. Hot dogs that are made up of parts of the animal you would not even want to imagine. And also squirted with all kinds of chemicals and white buns and then conventional ketchup and mustard. And we went through and ate that food. Yeah, not... A lot of it, mind you. <laughs> not a lot. But we were able to be in another country and have that experience and not be completely, well, again, I guess they use the word paralyzed. Yeah. yeah. And so we could experience something. We could say, okay, we're, I like to think of us as strong. You are strong. Human beings are strong and adaptable. And actually our natural desire is to heal and our natural desire is to be healthy. And our body will go back to that if we work as a team with our body. So it can take something like that, eh, no big deal, and shrug it off. Now, if I did that every meal, every day, that would not make me feel very good. Yeah. But it was okay, and it was part of a larger experience. And you said went to another country, and that is the little secret we've used when we have experiences like this. We didn't literally go to another country, but you can imagine you go to some other country where they have wildly different food ideals than whatever yours are. And you sit down and you're going to have 
I mean, I experienced this in Nepal for sure, eating some things that I just would not otherwise eat. Mm -hmm. And when you have that attitude, then you feel, okay, I'm going to another country. I'm going to another culture. And I'm just going to partake and eat what they eat and have this experience. And that can be a really freeing way, I think, if, like us, because, you know, when you were going through all that, I started to fear some foods, too. Mm. I started to think, oh, my gosh, if I eat, at some points, I thought, oh, my gosh, if I eat this one food, I will die. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? You will. But it could be, you know, within the next 50 years or so. (laughs) Death is guaranteed here. (laughs) But just not immediately, right? Right. Yeah, you can get in that mindset. I think food should be fun and not fear-based. And that's where I think this episode is all about just asking us to step back for a moment and what is our relationship with food? And have a little fun observing yourself and then ask, how could it be more fun? There's all different ways. I mean, growing your own food and harvesting it from the garden. Get your kids involved in cooking food with you. It changes around when it becomes something that's fun. Woohoo. Okay, let's do our Oh yeah, it's yeah, time for cause... you to unleash your life. I know you're excited to get people <laughs> started on this. Okay, so the first one is add some positive food research. So this worked really well for our family. You can go online and you can find I feel like uh Whole Foods website maybe is a good one sometimes where you can look up, oh, you're about to eat kidney beans tonight in your tacos. And you just look up kidney beans and you're going to read this laundry list of amazing health benefits. And when you either read that off to yourself or you read it off to your family, people are going to feel, wow, I'm just getting the healthiest food ever. Yeah. And again, even if there isn't great research to back up some of those benefits, you are still giving people a non-fear-based, non-stress-based atmosphere in which to experience their food. And that is going to be equally as healthy as if they were eating something healthier than kidney beans. I'm not quite sure what you'd find that would be healthier than that. But some people think that beans are awful for you and other people say if you eat beans every day, you extend your life by four to six years. There you go. But I think the point is that you should put in positive health benefits of fill in the blank whatever food. Because if you are just going to type in nutritional content of something you know you can get that people saying oh well beans are great for you except for they can kill you so i would just put in positive health benefits of broccoli yeah and then read it and then talk about the flavor of it get involved with your food yeah number two oh have fun with your next meal yeah nice lead in there because that's exactly it often a food can be Oh, something I just have to prepare and get done at the end of the day. Or if you have a little bit of that fear of food, it can be something that you literally dread because you're now going to take some poisons into your system. So if we look and we say, how can we really have fun with our food? And you've already brought up some great methods. Get everybody involved, whether it's your family or your social group, in the cooking process or in the gathering process. Yeah, go out and forage some foods and learn some new wild edibles. That's always fun to really get your hands on your food and be a part of it. If you're eating a food because it's healthy, but you don't really like it, it doesn't 
really seem like it's healthy. It's probably not. You can change your tastes. I mean, you really can. We Scientifically, it's been shown that you can adjust your taste buds to like something you don't. But if you're just eating something and it really just irks you, I think that's, in my personal opinion, I don't feel like that's really making the best of that. So make sure you find fun ways to do things and get creative. Try new recipes. Mm, fun with food. Okay, number three. Add a focus activity before you eat. Now, what we mean by this is that if you stop for a moment before you eat and you say, have some gratitude, or you do a three breath meditation, or everybody shares something that excites them about the food on their plate, or even just about their day in general that they had, that moment of pause can often relax your system a little bit mm. and engage you socially, which we know is really good for you. And that overall is going to make the meal better for you, more assimilatable <laughs> <laughs> to your body. <laughs> Got it. Assimilatable. Assimilatable. <laughs> yeah, like temp temptative. Tentative. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, cracking me up here. Oh, wow. Well, and I think another thing to do is to take a moment in your meal or some moments in your meal to set down your utensil and feel the food in your body. We would have forest monks come out who had eaten standard American diet for years, and we had a diet we asked them to participate in a real whole foods diet for just the first two weeks to get them readjusted. Uh, and that included a lot of foraged foods and a lot of just really whole foods. And they would come to us saying, wow, I can, I can feel a difference in my body. So my recommendation here is stop a little bit through your meal to just not only savor the flavors, but feel how it feels in you. And it also gives you a chance to feel, am I getting full? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, number four. Number four. Uh, make a meal to share. And we talked about preparing food together, but actually making some food either with people or just for people can be a great way to take the focus away from, is this food good? Is this food bad? Uh, I don't have enough. And it can just lead to so much fun because a lot of times, at least when I cook for other people, I sometimes make things that I wouldn't just make for myself because maybe they're a little exactly. more complicated. So it is a great way to take the focus off of your personal self and, and make it about other people. And then of course, as we know, sharing food with others is such a great way to really increase our longevity and our happiness. I feel like that last one ties together all the other three action points. Yeah. Because we tend to want to create food that's going to be healthy and beautiful for people. So we're going to have fun with it yeah. and maybe go that little extra mile. And we might be interested in telling people about how good this foraged food is for you that's in there. And we probably are going to have, well, at least I guess in our little community here, we traditionally always have a little moment of gratitude before we yeah. eat. So yeah, can really tie all those together. Wow. 
Well, share with us your relationship with food, what you've learned, what works for you. Hey, share some recipes too if you have them. I always love new recipes. (laughs) (laughs) And we just want to say thank you so much for joining us for all of our different episodes. And we have a lot of gratitude for everything, for this whole community. Oh, go enjoy your broccoli, friends. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Love to you all. Mwah.